minute, kiddies. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And I hope you get to check out my good fiends at a decade of horror on the PSVG Podcast Network. I hope you love them like I do. They're a scream. <laughs> Coming to get you, Barbara. What's up, ghouls and ghosts? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of PSVG's A Decade of Horror, the scary movie podcast where we relive the year behind us, one scary movie at a time. The PSVG Scream Team is back, myself, Mr. Donnie, We've got Josh Bones, and Pukas Lucas. Hey. Ooh. Hey, guys. Ooh. And uh, we're here to record the year that was 2018. Now, um... I say this, this is, okay, so a few things. I got I got a correction for myself as the editor. Uh, Josh, in the movie Oculus, Uh-oh. you said that you loved the actress who is in the Marvel stuff. What's her name? Karen Gillan. Yes. I saw a picture of her in that movie and just thought it was Aya Cash. And that's who I thought wow. was in <laughs> the thing. And it didn't dawn on me until I went to watch it. I was like, this isn't right. Yeah, that was just me. I was just wrong. They do look similar, though. I can then. They have a similar look, especially like with red hair kind of from the side. Perhaps. Um, So I'm excited because tonight I've got a bottle of rum. I'm excited because I shared with you guys last time we recorded that um, my wife is hounding me because I have high blood pressure. Mm. The whole family has high blood pressure. Both Mm. my parents died of heart heart attacks, um, but it was drugs induced because they were my parents um but she's very very concerned so i've been taking the blood pressure medicine i have not drank in weeks and Uh-oh. um <laughs> it's not getting any better <laughs> like even with the good. medicine it's still not like super great <laughs> so i was like well i'm having a drink then <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nothing can save me screw this you know the funniest part about that is uh legit i went to the doctor like two years ago this is when they first really started getting concerned about my blood pressure, right? And it doesn't help that I like just cram energy drinks, which I've also stopped. Um, but I went to the doctor and Melissa was like, yeah, we're real concerned. And he like, he needs to do his diet and he needs to stop drinking and everything. And she, this is like, I think the worst thing for my wife or maybe any concerned wife to hear. The doctor looked at her and she said, yeah, all that would be great. And he's like, if you lost some weight and start exercising, it'd be great. She's like, but to be honest with you, it's genetic. Really doesn't matter. You could do all of that and still die. <laughs> wow and i was like yes well not gonna do any of that stuff (laughs) if that was my wife we would have gotten to the car and she would have said you're getting a new doctor (laughs) i don't like what this doctor says we'll find someone else that says what i want to (laughs) hear so uh i'm excited about that and i'm excited to record with you guys um I mean, I'm always excited to record with you guys. It's another staple of the show. I tell you guys every, every almost every show. I'm like, I'm so excited. Um, I really, really love 2018. Oh. And um, I told you guys this last time, but our listeners didn't hear it because it was the post show. Um, this, I, this is the show I've done the least amount of prep work for, um, to be honest with you, both of them. And I feel a little bit bad because I've been very exhaustive in my search. And part of it was the fact that I was out with the flu for so long. Um, yeah. But to be quite honest with you, just like I told you guys last time, I have three movies in this year that I absolutely adore. Yeah. And there are other years 
where I have movies that I adore, which you guys have heard, but I didn't put them in my top three because I have that inner struggle with even though I like a movie, I still recognize that other movies are better movies. Yeah. So, like, I feel disingenuous to myself to come in here and be like, you really need to see The Curse of Chucky. It's amazing. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But this year, um, all that goes out the window. I'm not going to lie to you. I love these three, my three picks for this year. I love so much. I don't even care if the other movies are better. These are my three favorite movies, and these are the ones I'm going to stump for. So, I'm real, real excited. How did you guys uh, fare with your 2018 picks and research? Well, I think we said before we started, um, this. these were the two years where I, th- I think I did watch a, a decent amount of these movies, but I also feel like these are the two years where I feel like I missed the most because there were way more movies that I wanted to watch mm. as well. Um, in fact, I revisited, I thought I was done with 2018 and 19 until we recorded last and you had mentioned like discovering something from 2018. So I went back, and then I found like four more movies I wanted to watch. So rum is good, gentlemen. It's yeah. so good. Cheers! I got. I'm drinking a Juice Freak. A what? Juice Freak. I don't know what that you can't is. See it because of the glare. Yeah. What's Juicy a What's IPA? a Juice Freak? It's a IPA. Oh, it's a beer. Local brew. Yeah, it's a beer. You said juice, and I thought like orange juice and vodka. <laughs> I thought that's what you had, and it's orange, right? The can is orange. See? pours like orangey, hazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Track. Now, my um, derailment, let's get back on the train tracks, Lucas. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, looking at the list, I was going through and trying to figure out, all right, what have I already seen? That's usually where I start. And I was surprised at how much I had seen that I didn't even real like, it never really occurred to me. I was like, oh, I guess that is horror. Um, there was some stuff I just happened to watch that happened to fall into that category. Are you talking about Bird Box? Um, <laughs> Spoilers. Some may be on the list. <laughs> there may be some others as well. Um, but like you said, uh, I also got waysided and started two other movies that, well, you saw my reaction to the first one I started. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll talk about that after this. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get to as much as I wanted to. Life got in the way, but I do feel like this year and next year, I kind of already knew what my top three was anyway. So I was more hunting for things that would overthrow that. And the things that I did get to, it was kind of like, okay, no, there's no chance. So it was like, why why even bother finishing it at this point? So it was it would be hard to dethrone what I have here already anyways. Fun nice. fact. I don't even have a third choice for 2019 yet. I'm still like just kind of marinating on it and we'll probably pick it on the fly because they're all just kind of the same. (laughs) You got to listen to your heart, man. Josh, won't you hit us with some fun facts about 2018? All right. Well, here, here's what I'm going to say. 2018 and 2019, I did something a little different. Uh Uh-oh. I left out any bad news. Wow. Whoa. So we can't do that. (laughs) I'm taking notes. You're throwing a curveball, right? Like these people have been listening to this whole show, Josh. Yeah. Well, listen, there was a lot of bad stuff that happens. And I know I say that every year. It stays true. If you want to find bad stuff, it's there. It's a terrible decade. Uh, Yeah. And the, the death list for 2018 was so long, I had to scroll through. Oh, <laughs> so we're not doing that. So here we go. 2018. We're starting with, I would say, arguably good news. You could probably say some of it could be off 
good. Uh, the first monkey is cloned in China. That's scary news. How's he doing? Or she? You no, know, I didn't follow up on the monkey. <laughs> but that's dead. pretty close to human, so I'm um, just, just... It didn't go well. Have you guys ever seen Splice? <laughs> didn't, yeah. It didn't go well. <laughs> I'm just assuming they're onto humans by now. Um, SpaceX conducted its maiden flight in... I mean, they've come a long way since 2018. Have they? I think so. Is that There's the Amazon a, thing? No, it's, it's Elon, no, Musk. Elon Musk. There's a, uh, okay. there's a Corvette in space. They just... Yeah, I, I know that that's man, like a thing, but I don't follow it like I think people yeah, it's do. Yeah, so. it's huge news. Uh, SpaceX is like... Since NASA, no one's done anything like okay. what SpaceX has done. Um, Prince Harry and Meghan Mary. How's that France, going? Uh, they're in the United States. Divorced. Yeah, didn't they, didn't they <laughs> leave? They left the country, yeah. But they're still happy. They and, leave, but then they leave the monarch? Yeah, they did leave I the I didn't monarch. even know you could do that. I thought that was they like came. the whole point of a monarch. Now, this might surprise you, <laughs> but the monarchy didn't love that Meghan Markle is half black. <laughs> yeah, um, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> uh, France wins the World Cup, which is pretty big news for France. Uh, Saudi Arabia finally allows women to drive. Wow. I was going to say a joke, but I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, it's a landmine. Don't touch it. It is in 2020. You just can't do this stuff anymore, man. <laughs> 12 boys uh, and their soccer coach are rescued in Thailand after being stuck in a flooded cave. Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, scientists find water on Mars. Uh-oh. Yeah. We've uh, seen a India, lot of those movies. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the beginning of a movie if I've ever heard of one. Uh, India decriminalizes homosexuality. That's good. Yeah. Canada legalizes cannabis. Oh, I thought you were going to say Canada like legalizes. Like, I was just like, the opposite. Legalized <laughs> <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> uh, the Eagles win the Super Bowl after beating the New England Patriots. I was there. Uh, but the Red Sox win the World Series, so everything's okay here. <laughs> Oof. Sorry, Josh. I hate the Red Sox. That's okay. I know a lot of people do. Deeply. Uh, um, we're not. This is not a sports podcast. <laughs> and I would never be on Shoehorn. The Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship. Gross. The Washington Capitals win the Stanley Cup. What? Gross. Avengers Infinity War. Yes. On top of the box office for $2 billion. How freaking great are those Yikes. movies? Drake tops the Uh-oh. Billboard charts with God's plan. Not nearly as good. IHOP becomes IHOB. What? Do you remember that? International no. House of Burgers. What? That's not real. Yeah, they did a whole yeah, marketing that's campaign right. for yeah. months. They didn't people change their name, though. People thought they inte- they permanently changed their name. Oh. They changed their name for a month, but they literally uh. changed the signs <laughs> on the outside of the buildings. You're they telling me, I'm like, I ordered there. IHOP off DoorDash like last week. I'm sure they didn't change the name. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but you ordered IHOP. <laughs> IHOP. IHOP with a P or a B. Yeah, I'll just yeah. do both to be, care, to be safe. And we yeah. end. It's like, 20- a, it's like a generic franchisee ripoff. You know, like in the like the shadier the shadier part of town. Like, welcome to IHOP. What? You said that wrong. You work here. Uh, and to end twenty eighteen, we get the first female Doctor Who. I remember that being a thing. I have a, mm. a friend of mine who is a very big Doctor Who fan, and she was ecstatic. Yeah, it was a huge, huge, huge deal. It's been a, a male lead since 
the early seventies. It's, it's to the extent of of making James Bond a female. If they did decide to do that, which they are not doing, um, but I think at least for England, it's almost. Would her name still be James they, Bond? Well, Ian Fleming said, or, or Ian Fleming's estate said, you know, James Bond is a guy. There's plenty of roles for women out there. You can just write an awesome badass women's lead didn't role. we have like the charlize theron movie that was basically yeah yeah, james bond. yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be james bond like i get the point of needing female action stars but you don't need to so here's ooh, this is a movie podcast so this is actually pretty good i wouldn't mind it if they did to be honest i don't care i'm not yeah. like that invested in james bond but i actually kind of do believe it for honestly for one only selfish reason and that's to still have bond girls Right. Like exactly. every Bond movie has the Bond girl, and that's a high profile. I'm more excited to who's the next Bond girl than who's the next Bond. Who cares? Well, I'll be honest with you. If we got, let's say, this is going to come across. I don't know how this is going to come across. Let's say next year, Emily Blunt is female James Bond, and she is into girls. That is the ideal James Josh Bond movie. <laughs> is all about trying to like put that into everything that happens. Yeah, I'm going to make it happen. If I will it into existence, it will happen. But so yeah, I, I dreamt it. And James I wanted to be a lesbian. Who doesn't also, love? James Bond could be gay. Like, who doesn't love the Bond girls? Like, my wife loves the Bond girls, right? So it's a classy role. You get, like, the dress. You get the big hair. And she's always, like, a double agent and stuff. You know, like, that's. Who was Denise Richards? Christmas Jones or Christmas? Her name was Christmas. <laughs> Christmas something. I got to look it up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So that's my lead in uh, for Lucas. Sure. Um, Pass but me the before I do that, I have to find, find out, out the name. The name. <laughs> As he stretches. Of Denise for Richards. Time. Roll. And. In the world is not enough. Gonna. <laughs> that wasn't, it. wasn't the best. Dr. Christmas Jones. That's awesome. I nailed it. Christmas Jones. That's a Christmas like a Jones. Counting Crows song. Sweet Christmas Jones and me. All right. Now Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody. Uh, okay. Can I talk now? Uh-huh. Okay. Wait. Hold on. No, you can go. <laughs> Let me look up a name real quick. Uh, 2018. Top three grossing horror movies of 2018. Number three. A Little Shark. In a big pond, the Meg. Oh my! That's 143 <laughs> million dollars creature horror. I guess you'd call that. Actually, it wasn't a bad movie. Yeah, it just... wasn't terrible. Yeah. Uh, 46 in the old Metacritic. Shark was kind of cartoonish. <laughs> not my favorite shark movie, but no, not awful. My favorite is Shark Tale. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that the shark films have become like Jurassic Super Park scary. movies, where it's just like. The specially engineered giant mega shark. It's like, come on, we can't just have sharks. Like sharks aren't scary enough. Yes, and it's never sharks. It's always shark. It's like you guys realize that sharks like swim in bunches and like it's. Well, there was that shark NATO. That was a lot of sharks, right? (laughs) You guys have seen like those um (laughs) those overhead pictures of like beaches with like swarms of sharks. Yeah, around people and they don't see them. That's so (laughs) much scarier than giant, you know, ancient shark from the depths or whatever. That's true. Do that movie. Hey, while we're getting off topic, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, horror movie? You could argue that it's a slasher. (laughs) 
I mean, I certainly thought after watching the first one, I was like, this is more horror feeling than I remember because of the amount of tension and okay. stuff that, that happens. But then you have kids in it. So it's kind of like, is lots this horror? Of, like any time scary kids. movies with kids. What are you talking True. about? True. <laughs> but It's like half of all scary movies. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason in this one, it, I feel like I identify with the kids. And so it makes it feel like it's not for me or something. I, I mean, know. From their angle, I should say. If you not were, always. if I was making an argument, if I was being asked to debate it, I would debate that it's not. But I could see an argument that you could say that it is. Cool. And I'm it, glad it, I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Enlightening. Number two, uh, Halloween, $159 million. Uh, wow. 67 on the old Metacritic. Wow. So pretty good. Big comeback for that. What was the time frame between this Halloween and the last Halloween? Do you know, Donnie? Like Rob Zombie's one or Ten years? Jamie Lee's? It'd be the Rob Zombie one. So yeah, which... this is the, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So this newest uh, one. And then the I one feel like that was 2008, before. but I don't know off the top of my head. 2007. Okay. So I was close. <laughs> so 10, 10, 11 years. 10, near 11 2009 years. Wow. for his sequel. Which nobody talks about. Wow. <laughs> which mean, will not be. If you want to watch torture porn, that's a good one to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. So a big, you know, that gets people out of their homes and into the theaters. See a, yeah. a recognizable. Oh, yeah. I was there. Good. Good. Well, you know what? Number one, A Quiet Place. Yeah. Mm. Everybody knew that one. $188 million. No surprise there. With a Metacritic score of 82. That's like the best scary movie ever. That's very high. <laughs> That's real high. Um, okay. So none of my picks are those. <laughs> not really? a one. Wow. Not I a one. Halloween would be on there. Oh, yeah. no. Not even close. Wow. <clears throat> well, spoilers. Mine either. So. Wow. Oh. Look here. Look at us. We were just. Look at us being hipsters. I know we're going against the grain here. I did want to see the Meg because I do like a good creature movie. But, oh, it's um, good. You should see it. I guess I'll put it on the list. Three. I don't know if I call it's it not good. Top three. Watch the refresh. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Sorry. It's fun movie. That's yeah. for sure. Thank you. It's if fun. you're like, man, I want uh, Deep Blue Sea again, then you're in for a treat. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, I, I like to have fun. It yeah. capitalizes on the fun of the first Deep Blue Sea if you can erase the fact that they made four sequels. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. And I watched, oh, I watched the one that just came out. No, you didn't. I did. I totally did a few months ago. Not well, great. Could, oh, a few months ago. Okay. I was it's, like, it's, you could have been watching a 2018 movie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. I, I actually just now remember that. I think it, was it 2018? The new no, one? I'm saying for our list. You oh, could okay. have watched a 2018 All right. movie. <laughs> I'm going to kick off our list. Let's get into this thing. Kick it. Coming out. January 19th, 2018. So just squeaking in there. Comes from director Brian Taylor, who also did Ghost Rider, starring the infallible Nick Cage and the amazing Selma Blair, the movie called Mom and Dad, which is amazing. I freaking love this movie. This is the best Mother's Day or Father's Day movie in the history of time ever made it. Have you guys seen this amazing movie? I've never even heard of this. Are you movie. serious? Oh, really? this is a, this is an injustice. The trailer. Both you and your wife need to sit down, have some drinks, and watch Mom and Dad. 
We don't do any of the things you just described. <laughs> so Bonnie, here, it's on my short list, but I haven't. I wasn't able to find it streaming. Here is the premise. It is the crazies. That's basically the premise. It's the crazies. Okay. There okay. is something that happens. We don't know what it is, and that would be one of my faults. Is I would love to know the lore of mom and dad, but it really doesn't matter. Mm. Something happens where in the middle of the day, every parent turns on their children and tries to kill them, and. Whoa. There are some awesome scenes. It starts at school. So like parents just start. It's like Dawn of the Dead. Dude, like parents just start showing up, start like hanging against the gates, start climbing through the windows and stuff. Kids are going nuts. They're being stabbed on the football field. They're fleeing every different way. And um, our two kids who um, one, the daughter has this very realistic teen daughter relationship with her mom. And okay. we see that leading up to it. They have like a drive to school where they're at each other. And mm-hmm. and that's really what it is. I mean, literally the whole premise of the movie is is like that kind of flip narrative. And um, her parents come home. Nick Cage, the dad. Selma Blair, the mom. If you ever wanted to see like Nick Cage completely crazy, like we haven't seen in every other movie he's ever done. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> say. Right. Selma Blair yeah. is a great partner for him in this role. And they go nuts trying to kill their parents or trying to kill their kids. And their kids are like super small. And dude, they lock themselves in the basement and they start like piping in gas that they're running and stuff. And like, they're like trying to like saw through the door. Cause it's, it's an, it's an innate reaction, right? It was like, there's something in the water or something, something comes over them. They have to do it. So there's no reasoning with them or anything. And it's just all like super manipulative and constantly trying to get each other. And like her mom's, you know, talking to the little boy. She's like, mommy would never hurt you. And like a knife comes through the door. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a rom-com. I mean, it's hilariously funny. It's in, it it never stops being hilarious. It's super funny. Um, So it's, it's horror comedy um, probably in the best way. Um, It's not overly gruesome. Like a lot of people don't like, you know, die or anything. It's just crazy in the efforts, the links they go um, to get there. And it's hilarious because uh, her parents come over because here's the thing, even though like they're being taken over by this urge, they're still very much sane. They're talking to each other. They're planning. They're not like zombies. They're not dumb. <laughs> so the doorbell rings and they're sitting there like in this house that's destroyed. And Nick Cage looks at Selma Blair and he's like, is that your parents? Are they coming over for dinner? You know, like in a, in a, in a husband way of not liking his father, you know, not liking his Mm in-laws and the doorbell rings and he opens it up. But obviously parents are turning against their kids. So the old people are turned against him and then they've got to fight off the old people. And it's just, it's just a really, really fun laugh and a fun time. And my wife and I just had the best night when we watched it. And I'm sure that's a big part of it. Like I said, I picked three movies that I absolutely adore. Yeah. Not even trying to argue that they're better than A Quiet Place or anything like that. This isn't high film, but uh, this is one of the most entertaining movies on my 2018 list for sure. I love this movie. Nice. Like, top Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> like, it's great. So, that was my number three, Mom and Dad. Nice. I'm surprised I haven't heard of this. That I'll definitely put it in the watch pile. Have you seen Mayhem? No, I don't think How do so. I know that title. It's got Samara Weaving in it and the um, the guy from The Ooh. Walking Dead. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I know you're talking about that. Oh, yeah. I saw a trailer well, for this. Um, it looked interesting. Yeah. 
it's it's like the same it's like basically it's like the same premise except with like a family unit instead of like a whole thing and there are other things that are happening right so you see like other kids and their parents like there are side stories that happen it's yeah it's an inter- entertaining watch if you're into like if you like a zombie film and you like stuff like that like there's a bunch of fun here Stephen Young is his name I just remember yeah I like that one too it's a good one too Lucas nice. you want to go or you want me to go uh I can go I don't mind uh Switch it up a little bit. Cool. So my number three is a movie that I believe you, Donnie, told me to watch. I can't verify that. Maybe you'll remember. But um, somebody told me anyways. And that is the Netflix movie, The Ritual. Never seen it. No, of course. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know. I was kind of surprised by the fact that I like this so much. And I think you were... You were kind of like, this seems like it'd be up your alley or something. Yeah. I don't remember. So I gave it a watch after you told me sort sort of what it is. It comes from uh, David Bruckner, which directed Southbound, uh, or at least had a was sorry was that an anthology? You said Southbound. Southbound. Okay, so he probably had a a piece in that as well as VHS. Did you watch it yet? No, I haven't. I haven't gone back and watched anything yet. Okay, um, but I still plan on on doing that. So. I'm so excited. I'd be so let down. And you're like, Donnie didn't like it. <laughs> It takes a lot for me not to like something, but uh, I mean, it's happened before. What with Annabelle? I think that, oh, that's the a bad one, one that you, I was going to say the one that you did say was bad, but uh, yeah. I started there and that was a, that was a bad choice. Anyway. Uh, Josh, so the when you do the Conjuring universe, skip that. Yeah. Don't do that one. Annabelle. I'm going to do them all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it like that. Um, so a group of friends, they go hiking in Sweden. Um, one of them gets injured. And they're basically forced to cut through the woods as opposed to take the, the safer route. Um, and on their way, they, they they have a little bit of a relationship. And you can kind of start to see how all of these people play along with each other, how they've been friends, who's who in the dynamic of this group. Uh, on their way, there's like a storm hits or something. And they're kind of – so they're stuck in this deep, dark woods. And all of a sudden, the storm hits. They're forced to stay in what appears to be an abandoned cabin. And uh, pretty much everything goes off the rails at that point. Uh, I don't want to get too in too specific with it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There was there's a lot of things that happen in the movie that are creepy once they get to that point. So you're learning about all these characters and everything. You get that setup that you I feel like is needed to care about these characters and what happens to them. Then they get there and. Um, there are some memorable moments, uh, that happen. one specifically where his memories or dreams start to like leak into his real life, or at least that's what it seems like. And I don't want to get too specific, but I'm sure Donnie knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And there was just a lot there that just was really cool. And it kind of blew me away just because I felt like Again, this kind of came out of nowhere, as far as I was concerned, anyway. The thing um, that I remember most about this movie that I really liked is I think it tells a really good story in lieu of being overly scary. You know, like, I, yeah. I don't think I was ever, like, there's no, and I haven't seen this movie since I watched it, but my memory serves, and I feel like it's pretty good. I remember a lot of things. I remember being very pretty, like the, the wilderness and stuff. It's a very beautiful yes. place to shoot a movie. Um, but it's yep. very, like, kind of slow. It's not a lot of jump scares or anything like that. It's it's kind of deliberate horror, and I think that adds to the story that they're telling because they're both mm-hmm. telling the story of like this this lorish 
fantasy fairy tale type of thing that's happening in yeah. addition to the story of these three dudes relationship and everything that's going on. And it all yep. kind of starts to weave together. It's very good storytelling for a movie. Um, in a lot of ways you don't get with horror movies a lot, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of a very captivating watch for that reason. I'm glad you said kind of that dark fairy tale. Yeah. It's more, I, I wrote down, it's more creepy than it is yeah. like scary. Um, but I find that tends to go farther with me because um, I feel like that slower burn doesn't burn me out as fast as like jump scares where I'm just like, okay, when's the next jump scare? Um, and also the monster design was really cool. It looked like something that wasn't um, made up from somebody in the United States. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't look like something that we would do. It looks like something from Swedish um, – fairy tales or something like that, where it's a little bit more uh, out there in terms of what we would probably see in a movie from America. So uh, all of that kind of combined for me going, wow, this is a lot better than it has any right to be. Um, and it is a Netflix movie, right? It yep. was produced by Netflix. I think okay. so. so at that time, at that time, that was kind of the mark of like, eh, it might be good. You know what I mean? Like Netflix wasn't coming out with anything too strong, I feel like, especially when it comes to horror movies or anything. Especially like when that. it comes to movies, even like Netflix originals, I would say, are very almost relegated to the series, and that seems to be their bread and butter, where they put a lot of their effort. And especially yeah, at and the time, I can't imagine any. I can't remember any of their like, you know, published originals in the horror realm that I cared about. You know? I feel like nobody really cared about much of those things until like Roma came out and almost won an award or did, or I don't remember. And now we've got like um, the babysitter, which is a super fun time, but you know, mm -hmm. still I mean, <clears throat> Bird Box was a Netflix film. I mean, sure. it, it uh, might not yeah, make our true. top three, but um, I, I think it definitely fits into that like area of like quality, I guess, horror suspense yeah. type of film. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, the ritual, which you can see on Netflix, obviously, because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a Netflix movie, probably forever and ever, because that's what they do is keep. I added on it there. to my list, even though in the trailer they show a tent being pulled into the sky, just like Blair Witch. You promise <laughs> me it's not. Like, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> a thousand times better than that okay, Blair Witch yeah. trash. Uh, the setups for the these. <laughs> the setups for those types of events make much more sense than just random occurrences. Uh, I don't know if you'll ever find me hate a movie more than that Blair Witch remake. <laughs> Like, uh, I want to go out of my way. Year. Like, I want to, like, make signs and stuff to tell people about how bad I thought that movie was. When I was telling you guys that. that I was laughing in the theater and making fun of people, that's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not an exaggeration. I was like, this we, is trash. We need to watch it as a group and just riff on it. Wait till <laughs> next year. Just like, this I is movie awful. I got the movie for you. Oh, boy. But, yeah. <sighs> Back to you, Josh. Hey, so... I, I have like a eight way tie for number three. Uh, it's That's crazy. me in 2019. I don't know. I don't uh, know. But here's what I'll say. After talking to Donnie and Lucas um, and Donnie being passionate about his his movies being movies he really enjoyed, maybe necessarily like maybe over critical acclaim. Um, I did change what I'm going to pick for my number three because there were so many movies that I could have easily picked for number three, and I don't think my number two or one is going to surprise anyone. So I wanted to add 
and I and I'm looking forward to talking about the other movies when we're done. Uh, but have you guys seen or heard of the movie What Keeps You Alive? Yes, I've uh, seen it. I think. Okay, so let me tell you about What Keeps You Alive. It is also is this the well, Jungle movie? Why do I think so I know this? this <laughs> I want to make a joke, and I know why you like this. <laughs> it was something that came up earlier. <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the cover now. No, no, I've I've seen this movie. This is a good it movie. It's about a lesbian couple. Thank yep. you, Lucas. Uh, in fact, I think this is probably the first horror movie where I've seen a lesbian couple featured. Yes. Period. Yes. Even gay couple. Period. Um, it it starts off very sweet and and interesting, where this. Um, newly married um, couple go up to this cabin that one of the the, the wife of the of the, of the uh, I don't want to call the main the co-star is finding out like hey you like you have this like wood cabin and you know uh, it's portrayed like you can kind of relate to her like she hears you have a cabin in the woods and she assumes what we would assume and then she sees this like basically mansion in the woods mm-hmm. on a lake you know and it's it's a very interesting setup where it's a beautiful house and, and you don't you know you don't really get any like hint of anything being wrong until a car pulls up in the middle of the night into the driveway and you know the new wife is kind of worried and the car one's like don't worry and it, it turns out to be a neighbor from across the lake, they noticed lights coming on. They hadn't been on in this place for a while. Um, and the, the new wife is listening. I wish I remembered their names and I should probably, it doesn't really matter for this context. Um, but the, the neighbor calls the new wife's wife <laughs> a different name. And, and she's, you could tell she's kind of like thrown off, right? Like, why are you calling my wife a different name? And why is she talking to you? Like, that's her name. Like, mm-hmm. this is weird. Yeah. So that's like your first warning, right? Done being catfished. Yeah. And it's very similar to how Allison Williams plays her character in Get Out, um, where this you find out quickly that this person is living a, a double life. Um, and it's actually, there's a lot of similarities to Allison Williams' character in Get Out. because I love not, those turns. Yeah, the turn, um, and because it's not big turns. <laughs> usually in movies, they don't lull you into believing a character because they don't have a lot of screen time, right? Yeah. So you rarely get like that turn. Most of the time, you realize that this character might be shady. Like it's usually early; they give you yep. like a hint or something. Mm-hmm. And like these movies, and especially like, this movie, it kind of goes out of its way to be like, "No, these are two people." And then a little bit into it later than you expect. It's like, it's not the person you think it is. Yeah. And like, it's not even that far in like, yeah. uh, you, you, you know, you, I, for me, at least I, I believed this girl's story, right? Like I changed my name. I moved away from here. I didn't want to be associated. Cool. I get that. Like that makes sense. And then they're going on these hikes in the woods and they're having this, they have this like very genuine, nice relationship. Like you really believe this is like, a very happy new marriage. And then all of a sudden, I know that Justin hates that we spoil things, <laughs> but this new girl, the new wife, she just, you could see them. She's standing at, on top of a, a cliff and she's looking at this beautiful lake and you can see her wife behind her. And then all of a sudden her wife just runs right toward her and just throws her off the cliff. 
and then she just turns away casually like uh, and then like takes a breath and then looks over to make sure that the girl's dead mm-hmm. and you can see like she hit her head on a rock and like she looks dead and then you you know then you're thrown into survival horror right it's yep. not just um because the girl wakes up she isn't dead and and but she is do horrifically injured <laughs> spoilers but i don't i mean it for a good reason do either of you yeah. have revenge on your list it's on my list but i haven't seen it is it on Same. your top three though oh no, no no so revenge is very similar but like the different setup is that like you know the dudes are like bad like from the get-go like even though they're nice and stuff like you're left with that fleeting at least when i watched this movie that's the thing i remember is like that turn you're like oh no yeah. like i like it kind of it got me at least it got me which I think they did a good job. And I think maybe it was the fact that the relationship was different and they're two females. Like anytime yeah. you see like a girl in a situation with a bunch of dudes, you almost like kind of, we've seen that movie a bunch. So it's, it's even, cringy. Yeah, yeah. And you just yeah. kind of pick up on it. You're like, oh, this isn't going to go well, you know? Yeah. yeah. But with this movie, I was like, oh man, it's hard for these two. They're living post bike live is bad. And he just throws her down the cliff. You're like, oh, it was real bad. <laughs> and I, I love, um, I love the idea of, the purge never goes there. Um, but I love the idea of, of like post-apocalyptic, like, you know, fall of, I'm sorry. I know, I know, but I'm, I'm think I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to make like an analogy Uh, to the movie. Um, I love the idea of like showing people in like desperate situations, you know, like in kind of like the turning of, of like this civil discourse that we all kind of abide by yeah. generally, yeah. you know, like yeah. we don't get that a whole lot. We usually get it like on very extremes, but this is like, uh, before the, the turn in this movie, it's like subtle, you yeah. know, like, and it's different, I guess. And I like that a lot about this movie. It's a yeah, good pick, Josh. I forgot it. about this movie. You learn a lot about this, the protagonist's uh, wife, and the movie starts off with Silverchair playing, which is like a instant 90s throwback for me or 2000s. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, it really becomes this like survival of the fittest type situation. And um, there's a, there's another couple that is involved to a degree, and there are twists and turns, so I won't necessarily. I don't want to spoil what happens. Happens, but just ruin it for Justin. Just um, turn. I will the say, stay till the end of the credits is what I'll say. And really, it's just for an audio bite, but it's enough to to, to make, make it, it worth, worth it. Or just fast forward to the end of the credits. But there's a nice little audio bite at at the end of the credits. Oh, um, I don't think I caught that. that yeah, I don't is, think I did either. Uh, which is which is interesting, um, uh, and kind of like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil it, especially if you guys, even if you just go on Netflix, pull up the movie, skip all the way to the end, and listen to the audio clip. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot, um, and it tied with a bunch of other movies. For I told you, my <laughs> least prepared. I didn't even have it on my on my list because, like, I didn't. I, I kind of just like pulled up some blogs and got like some heavy hitters because I just knew yeah. my three. I was like, these are going to be my three. So uh, I didn't, uh, that's a good pick. I forgot about it, man. I didn't even know about it. When you mentioned going like some movies, this is the first movie I discovered when I went back to check my 2018 list. This is nice. the first one I discovered. So I'm actually glad I went back nice. um, and checked because it wouldn't have. I might rewatch that one. I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. I think I watched it without my wife. and I think she would enjoy it. Yeah, it was very I good. Recall. I really like it a lot. 
My number two comes from Johannes Roberts, who also does 47 Meters Down, which I liked, and mm. the upcoming Resident Evil Untitled movie, which I'm interested in. It stars Christina Hendricks oh, and a lot yes. of other people, and it has a whopping mega 48 on Metacritic, and it is The Strangers, Pray at Night, and um, I love The Strangers. The original Strangers might be a big reason why I'm putting this on my list. I think the original Strangers is way better than this one. But the premise of the Strangers and the characters of the Strangers, um, you know, Dollface and stuff, they are amazing designs, I think, that I wish. This is actually one series that I wish had five sequels. Um, I don't know why they didn't do more than they've done, to be honest with you, because I think it, like, it kind of writes itself. Um how many have you guys seen this one? No, also on my list, but I didn't get to, to get. Yeah, it. I don't think I've seen Prey at Night. I think I've only seen The Strangers. Oh wow, okay. How do you guys? Okay, so since you know we're doing this decade, we didn't get a chance. What do you guys think of The Strangers? Also, didn't make my list. I no, like the original Strangers. I haven't seen it. Oh wow, wow, really? I know it's it's, um, one of those, it's one of those ones I really know I need to see before. Hey, I feel like Lucas is about to ruin it. Before Lucas no. crushes it, Josh, The Strangers, the original Strangers, one of my favorite scary movies of all time. I do know that about you. Oh, I it's so good. Now, please go. I was just going to say, as someone who hasn't seen too many like home invasion type movies, mm-hmm. um, I didn't mind it. Like It wouldn't have made my list or anything like that, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. Like. It was enjoyable for me. Um, I thought the strangers, and maybe this is, you know, maybe if we ever do another decade, if we continue the show, maybe it's something we can get into because I thought the strangers kind of kicked off a lot of like the home invasion stuff. Is that not the case? I feel like it because while it's been, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's It's been a movie. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I feel like it's earlier than it probably really is. It's probably older than I'm thinking. So it's hard for me to really compare that to anything else that's come out. But I do remember thinking like, I don't remember seeing too many movies like that at the time where, you know, that's a real fear. Apologies for that, folks. Lost internet there for a minute. Uh, Lucas, I lost you on, uh, you said you said the biggest fear of of that stranger's Mm. premise. Yeah, I was saying, you know, like, the biggest fear is the home invasion. And I think that most people can identify with that fear. Like, I mean, what's more universal than the idea of somebody coming into the place that you live and destroying your life basically for fun. No, I mean, any, sometimes it just feels like the reverse winning the lottery, you know, like you're the unlucky ones who got picked and you know, it's the type of thing that people are like, Oh, that happens to other people. You know, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. But sometimes it happens to you. So I think that's where the fear lies. And that's why, even though, you know, however I felt about it, it's still a a pretty good movie. So my senior trip in high school, I took a group of friends and my then girlfriend, current wife to a cabin in the isolate northern Georgia woods. And I brought cabin fever and the strangers. (laughs) (laughs) And no one slept. Um, The strangers pray at night. Um, came, I don't know, 10, 15 years after the original. It's been a long time. So I was 
geeked and excited to go. I saw this in theaters day one, mm. without question. I love this this movie, and I think one of the big things I love about it most are the characters. You've got Dollface, Pinup Girl, and uh, the Man in the Mask. I love these characters. I don't. I think it's just the mask or the look. I don't know why. Um, we dressed up like that for Halloween. Me and my family we had a blast. That, yeah. um, they're very simple costumes, but they look amazing. And the creepy stuff that they do, like when Dollface um, in the first movie, she does it. In the second movie, she does it. She comes up to the house, knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. And you open the door. It's this person in a mask. It's not Halloween. <laughs> and she just does like the side head tilt thing. Is Tamara home? You're like, what? There's no Tamara here. And then she just walks away. It's creepy. Like if somebody did that to you, you'd be like, what the hell? Like lock the doors and, you know, like look out the window. Yeah. And um, the second movie I did mention, I don't think the second movie is as good as the first. The first is very grounded. It's actually based on a true story, um, which makes it, you know, that much more terrifying. But the second one is more classic slasher. And um, that's a big reason why I loved it and does a lot of really, really cool stuff. Um, so the premise is a family um, is going to stay uh, at their parents or something. Apparently they own like a, it's like a seasonal camp, but it's like a trailer park. It's like a park of trailers that like a camp uses for people, but it's mm-hmm. an off season. So there's nobody there. And like, she knows, I think her parents were the owners or she knows the owners, but like, anyway, she gets there and there's like a key and there's a note. She didn't realize the people that, you know, that she thought was going to be there. They've already been killed. Right. It's one of those types of things. So they're in a trailer, like just getting everything. It's Christina Hendricks, by the way, who I yes. adore. Like, like Christina Hendricks is in the movie, Josh. Gotta watch it. Uh, I love Christina Hendricks. <laughs> who doesn't, right? You gotta watch it off that alone. Her death is extremely excruciating. Um, she basically, sorry, Spoilers. Justin. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> she, uh, she basically um, sacrifices herself to save her daughter, which is a, something that I think every parent can be in. Right. And, but, but, you know, she gets a knife. It's the thing that I love about the strangers and about the, the slasher genre, but specifically like the strangers take on the slasher drama or the slasher horror genre. The kills are typically realistic kills. It's not Jason ripping somebody's head off or Freddy in a dream or Chucky with a toy hammer, you know, like those are, I don't want to sound like a sadistic sociopath when I say that. Like, to me, those kills are kind of funny and entertaining. And they're usually happening to, like, some, you know, dumb kids, you know, that are disrespectful and stuff. Like, they kind of set you up for it to be kind of funny. These kills are, like, wait. You hear crunching. And it's, like, slow. And it it looks real. And you can see somebody being stabbed. And it's, like, that hits me in such a more visceral way than any of, like, the slasher icons ever do. And I think that makes it more scary. Also, this movie has some scenes. The pool scene, which you see in the trailer, is gorgeous. It is a beautiful shot. They have like these these lights and like these neon things. This movie is littered with like 80s music. There are all these like 80s music tracks set to like every kill that kind of goes with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. My wife hates it because she loves half these songs. She's like, they're ruining these songs for me forever. <laughs> I'm never going to not think of these. Um, anyway, long story short, I love this movie. I think it's a great slasher. I think it was a great return um, to this. I do think the original was better just because it was more grounded. It's not as elaborate, especially the ending. This movie gets a little crazy. <laughs> Like, as, as horror movies do, like, there's a car on fire and stuff, like, stuff stuff starts going a little crazy, but I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was beautifully shot. It does. The only thing that I would warn people about going into this is this is a traditional slasher film. Hmm. The girl's running. 
she trips, she's hobbling, she falls down, you know, like they're doing all the dumb stuff that you're like, don't mm-hmm. do that. Don't go in there. Um, so that's there. But if you like that stuff, like I do, then you'll love it. Uh, hopefully like I did. I love this movie and uh, I got the screen factory print and the 4k and all of it. Yeah. So, um, I'm all about it. So strangers pray at night was my number two. Nice. Nice. Speaking of a night that just goes crazy or, you know, gets crazier and crazier as it goes along, my number two comes from a director named Panos Cosmatos. And if you don't want to see a movie by a guy named that, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The movie's called Mandy. Uh, Mm -hmm. The director, of course, if you remember, uh, way back in episode one or two, I talked about a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. It didn't make my list, but I mentioned it. Uh, he did that one and then came back and, and did Mandy. Uh, and I don't remember how I heard about this. It was probably my film friends or something were like, oh, you haven't seen Mandy? Oh, you got to see Mandy. So I borrowed loser. it from somebody. Yeah, right. Exactly. This guy <laughs> calls himself a film buff. What the heck, man? Produced uh, by Elijah Wood. Was it really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Man, what's hit, What's up with him and doing horror and <laughs> slasher thriller movies all of a sudden? My number one is Cooties. <laughs> uh, so what you got here is you got a Awesomeness a is what you've got here. Yes, yes. Uh, you're not going to see another movie like this unless you watch Beyond the Black Rainbow. This is a, this is a uh, whole nother thing. Um, but what you have here is a, a couple. They they live in sort of a secluded. I don't remember. It was a house in the woods. I don't remember if it was cabin. It seemed like it had like um, skylights in it and stuff. So it was a little bit more than a cabin, but it was pretty secluded. Um, he's like a lumberjack, and she's an artist, if I remember correctly. And uh, you kind of see their lives, and it's all sort of slow and kind of dreamy, and and I don't know everything's sort of surreal and saccharine and then everything kind of goes wrong when we are introduced to this weird i'm sorry i hope that's not coming through the microphone my dog is going nuts cody my dog is going nuts <laughs> yeah uh, there it that. is yes <laughs> it only took eight episodes or whatever but um so you have this uh group of people they're really odd and one of them sticks out and he's clearly the leader and you find out he's this weird cult leader guy and he picks her out. He sees her as they're driving through, you know, it's bad news just the way that it's filmed. You can tell they're not, they're not good people. And he sees, uh, the, the girlfriend or the wife or whatever. And he's like her, I like her, bring her to me, to his little cronies and, um, that sets the entire movie off into a completely different direction where uh, they kidnap her and uh, do things to her and it gets quite violent. And the guy who is played by Nicolas Cage, who is apparently coming up in this, uh, in this podcast for the second time, <laughs> uh, it's his mission to get her back and then uh, wreak revenge justice whatever you want to call it on the people who did this and what makes it even more interesting is that this cult leader calls upon what i can only really describe as like demon biker guys i was about to say so like the their cult thing is very like they're all satanic and stuff was yeah yeah 
like not superly overly satanic, but when they start getting into it, you're like, okay, this is evil for sure. And then you see the demon biker guys and it gets almost to the point of like Hellraiser with the Cenobites or what is what they're called. If I remember correctly, uh, you don't learn as much about them really, but you can tell that they are otherworldly. Yeah. And so it gives it this whole, this film, this whole like weird spin where it's kind of not an alternate dimension or anything, but just like this fantastic world, like slightly fantastic. These weird demon people can come and, and wreak havoc in this world. So, it basically turns into this spiraling rampage of uh, Nicolas Cage getting revenge. And it feels surreal. It feels like the way I can describe it is drugged out like midsummer uh, midsummer. If you've seen that, the way that movie feels drug drugged out, like you're on drugs while you're watching it. It, it is so just weird while you're watching it um, in a good way. It has these powerful visuals. Uh, there's a scene where the cult leader is speaking to the, the, the girl and it's just this one shot, but it keeps like morphing and changing uh, his features. And it's just like, wait, did I see that? Like, is it really doing that? Or is my eyes playing tricks on me? What is going on? It doesn't go, <clears throat> it doesn't really paint its story very deliberately. I remember like looking a lot of it up to find understanding after watching it or maybe even paused it during watching it to kind of like keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of, you're left to fill in the gaps a little bit and that's partially um, why I would say you'll either love it or you'll hate it. So like some people might like that and other people might be like, what the hell's going on? Um, And I can kind of give it a pass for that, but that's definitely why it's not my number one. Because again, it, this is unlike a lot of movies that you'll see. And that's why I think you'll either be into it or you'll hate it. But there is, it isn't a straightforward story. There's a lot there that you have to like. It's like all the details. Like you get that he's on a revenge story, but you don't understand exactly like why she was taken or what they're doing or how they're doing it. You know, like you just kind of have to right with it. or what the deal with the cult is and yeah. like where they came from or anything like that yeah it's just kind of like a it feels like it picks up in the middle of a of a story or something but it you're is just watching half of the end stunning to watch it is visually it really stunning is. it is unlike anything i've seen besides his other movie it, it is, is hard to compare it to anything soaked in blood in neon yes in the best of scene- ways there's a scene where they're just laying in their house under the skylight. And if I remember correctly, it's surrounded by windows and it's just like, there's all this weird lighting effects and, and it just, yeah, it, it's a very slow moving he in gets the that, beginning movie. Get that blade. I mean, it's so Nick Cage. <laughs> it is. It is. You again, <laughs> Nick Cage at his craziest. The problem, another problem I do have with the movie is it does feel like Nicolas Cage is a little bit too old for this part, but like that feeling kind of went away after I got used to it, but it's, it, it's just kind of like, never thought about it. I was like, way. it feels like a younger man should be. He doing is this, kind but... of superheroish in nature. Yeah. Especially after he, uh, he does something that was ballsy, I'll say, uh, to power up if you will. And you're just like, <laughs> man, what is what is in that thing he just drank? Because it makes him go nuts. I so, love it. Good pick. It's a ride. It's a ride for sure. It's, it's a must own. Take it, watch it, but you got to sit down and be prepared to 
like be enveloped by this movie. Like you're, Turn you your don't want to pick up your phone. You don't want to have to be stopping it every five minutes or you'll probably end up hating it because it is, it is a roller coaster and you don't want to get off in the middle of it. So I think Mandy, it's a must own. I think it goes on every shelf. If you don't buy it, you can watch it on shutter. Thanks Josh, but buy it. Okay. I guess I'm going to start my number two with the popular films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two is a quiet place. Um, I, think I just want to point out that we're through two rounds of picks and we haven't picked the same movie. I know. I thought that was pretty and impressive. I thought, actually, I thought for number sure. one. <laughs> yeah, let's see what number one looks like. I think we know what. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all so, know. So yeah, this. so yeah. My number two is a quiet place. I think it's remarkable for a few reasons. One, it has the Jordan Peele syndrome where we have John Krasinski directing and starring. Jordan Peele didn't star in Get Out, but um, there's an we have there. we have a, someone who is notable for different medium stepping into something that is way uh, at least how we would argue out of their comfort zone and maybe mm-hmm. it isn't for them. But um, that being said, I think it's only notable that he directed. I don't think that he gets a bump because he directed, I think, but it is just notable that like, Hey, Jim from the office directed a quiet place <laughs> and he yeah. started in it with his actual real life wife. Oh, and a child dies <laughs> and they have kids. So there's some things that are interesting uh, about that. Um, um, so mirror, so to speak. Uh, a Quiet Place is a movie that when I saw in theaters, there was only one movie that I had ever seen in theaters that did the same thing, and that was Unbreakable, where you couldn't eat a piece of popcorn without annoying people. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. This was uh, an experience. Like you can't, you can watch this at home and enjoy it, but you cannot get that same experience. Um, that you got in the theater when seeing this film. And I think that's like classic horror. Mm. You know, like that experience of everyone getting scared at the same time. People yeah, it definitely feels like horror in the movie. lends to that communal reception a lot better than like any other movie. Maybe outside of like, maybe like big blockbusters. Yeah. So like you feel that moment like when the Avengers theme hits – or something, the crowd starts roaring, or when Yoda comes up and you thought he was dead or something, you know, like, mm-hmm, that's yeah. the only other time you feel that moment. But, like, your standard rom-com, your standard action flick, like, you don't get that feeling where you're in it together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first time I, I uh, could feel that was... So, this, obviously, this movie is no stranger to people. This was very heavily marketed. No, oh, yeah. um, I think they, they I think that they did the trailers very well because uh sorry Justin, but what you don't realize is in all these trailers they show what happens in every movie is like some type of crisis or or scary moment is happening and then in the trailer they just kind of end it and they continue with the trailer and even in the trailer the first like at the beginning of the trailer you see the little boy make a noise with his little I think it was an ambulance or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then in, they never addressed it again in the trailer. Um, and for me, at least, I didn't know that the, I didn't make a note that the boy wasn't in the rest of the trailer. But like you're with this family, and you're you're starting to learn about their world mm-hmm. and it, what they're doing. They seem practiced. 
Like they're, they have lived in this world. They know what they're doing. They're careful. They're quiet because they have to be, because this is how these creatures are able to identify where people are by noise. And they're very quick and able to identify like echolocation or however they use it. And they're in this drugstore and this little boy wants his toy and they keep telling him no, but he takes it anyways. And the movie starts with their youngest boy dying. And you could feel that. Like that was something people, you could tell I wasn't the only, I could tell I wasn't the only one who didn't know this was going to happen. And like you live in that moment and that's like this, obviously this movie like borders on the thriller horror side. There's definitely horrific aspects to the movie, but the way that it plays with sound and sound design, um, I think lend some of the um, storytelling mistakes or, or flaws is probably a better word. Um, the Emily Blunt, the way she plays her character and how she goes through this movie is genius. Like, I really think it just shows how incredible of an actress she is and what she has to deal do as a, I think she was pregnant in real life also, but as a pregnant character in the film and becomes this. It's a truly terrifying situation in that world to be pregnant. Yeah. And And we uh, see, we see it first. Like we see why it's terrible. Yep. And I believe my, my most memorable moments from watching the movie were the tension involving the pregnancy and the infant. And the nail. Because every, (laughs) every parent (laughs) has consoled a screaming baby. Yeah. And imagining being in a world where you couldn't make a sound, you know, like it's impossible. And that's a scary thing. And I think mm-hmm. those moments were the moments where the had the most tension for sure. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. I really do. I still think it holds up um, until it's copied a hundred times over. And then you can be like, oh, which one was Tired the of original? It. I've actually seen three <laughs> or four movies that are very much like it. Have you? I'm glad yeah. I, I'm glad I haven't. Uh, <laughs> There's one on Netflix yeah. that just came out. I think it's called like the silence or something. It's, okay. It's kind of similar in premise. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. Um, I guess I just was living in my own little quiet place, not realizing that those have come out. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it wasn't like a big blockbuster or anything. This was definitely, you know, like the big front and center, you know, yeah. pitch of the year. Um, it yeah. wasn't anything like that. And it's, it's different, but, but similar. You could tell like they had taken some inspiration. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I like this film a lot. Um, I definitely understood, like, realize it's a, a bigger commercialized horror film, but I think it still holds its weight. It's an artsy take and it was original, you know, not like completely original. We've had silent film forever, but like it was original yeah. in this day and time to do something like that. And I think, I think that was a divisive tactic. I think a lot of people either, you know, you either got really into it and you dug the silence and the the tension that it provided, or you maybe felt bored and wanted more, you know, at yeah. least quiet dialogue. It plays more to my horror likings. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that my, like, there's obviously a theme with the type of horror movies I like. Um, and I think it plays more to, like, the suspense thriller aspect of horror. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's, it's very not Halloween-y. It's very good. And a touching, you know, familial tale. Aren't they doing yeah. a sequel? Yeah, it was supposed to come out this year. It got postponed. But um, a lot of the beginning focuses on, like, prequel-ish aspects. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. kind of get the story of how it happened, and then it picks up afterwards. So I'm excited to see that. The only, the only I guess, the knock about the um, 
the premise is that you've got like all these I hadn't seen it since the first time, but remember you have like the daughter's deaf, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has all these like radios and radio waves and all these things going on. And like, you know, like the solution was there the whole time, you know, it's just like, there's <laughs> yeah. that, there's that part of it, but you know, it's, yeah. it's a fantastical setting in the first place. So I wouldn't really knock it for that. It's a good movie. For sure. For sure. Yeah. My number two, the quiet place or a quiet place, not the quiet place. Well, then I guess it falls on me to unveil what I assume to be our number one. Now, I'll go ahead and, and go out on a limb now and go ahead and tell our listeners that uh, we're going to stand for Ari Aster. So this is not going to be like the last time you hear it. Like, well, we should, it, it, we should check and make sure that this is also Lucas's number one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to stand on. for Ari Aster. I know at least I know I am. Um, yeah. Ari Aster in two movies has hit legendary status for me. He's <laughs> like the comp- the carpenter of our time, and I will forever watch anything that he's associated with. I just hope he doesn't go like in the now I'm going to go direct new cool things because I've done it. I like I've done the horror part. Like I would love for him mm. to build like a horror legacy and become. Well, you heard what he's doing next, right? Uh No. A four-hour horror comedy? Yes, that sounds awesome. Oh, my. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would love for him to become the next, like, iconic horror director. Because I think two movies in, he has raised maybe even an impossible bar to live up to, in my eyes. Um, one of my favorite movies of the decade, for sure. And the other one being maybe one of my favorite horror movies of all time. That's that's kind of impossible to live up to. It's like, what are you going to do this for 10 years? You're just going to make 10 more of these? Because uh, I love both of them. So go ahead and get it out of the way. June 8th, 2018, he releases Hereditary, which I rewatched yesterday um, by myself. Um <laughs> My wife just oh, didn't want to rewatch movies. it. I kept I kept trying to get her to rewatch it, and she just – I don't think she was – this one scared her. We saw it in theaters, and this one actually had her scared. Um, so, obviously, we're going to spoil it, and we've talked about it before, but since it's all of our number ones, I just kind of want to get everybody's kind of highlight takes on it and what – why is it your number one? Who are you asking? Just go. <laughs> well, like, for me, what stood out is that feeling that you get after watching it, and – I remember leaving the theater and just realizing like there's so much there that plays on what you're expecting from movies that you've seen that are in, I don't want to say the genre cause it's, you know, doesn't fall neatly into one category, but yeah, it plays it on what you kind of know. But at the same time you come back and you're just like that ending, you know, the things that I just saw, they're so, that movie was unlike anything that I had seen yeah, to that point. I know, I know I said that of Mandy, but there is completely different. two different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Completely. And it's kind of like M. Night Shyamalan when you see a movie like his and you're like, this is a different kind of movie. And this is what the movies that this person will make will be like. This is like, oh. This is what Ari Aster makes, and this is what his movies are like. And it, it has that feeling of his movies, you know, not just a movie in the horror genre. So, I don't know. Sometimes you get those, like, heebie-jeebies or the goosebumps or whatever after you watch it, and you're just like, that was good. Like, it takes a second for it to set in because you've, you've been soaking up everything you've been watching, and it's been kind of an experience. And, and afterward, you're left to reflect on everything that you just saw. And 
Like it's one of those that you're just like, yeah, it's good because this, and it's good because of that. Like when you're talking to somebody else about it, you're just like re-remembering a thousand different reasons why this movie's great. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't mean to be too like obtuse, but it's just like you could get into any one reason and stick on that point for so long that it's just like, it's a sum of all of its parts. And you realize like, I just watched something that is very, uh, legendary, you know, like really masterclass, I guess that's the best word I can say. One of my, I'll save it for 2019, but I'll come back to that topic in midsummer. Cause it's a big reason why I love the movie so much, but Josh, I'm going to pave the, the way here a little bit. Cause if I know you as much as I think, I know you, I think we might enjoy something about both of these movies that he does for a similar reason. The way he directs his films and portrays grief seems Uh to hit me in a way that I don't think any other movie maybe ever has. And if they have, very seldom is it like this. I feel in both of his movies, I feel like I feel the weight of -hmm. what's happening, like on an Mm -hmm. emotional level, the way. And I think it's definitely casting. He's gotten a tremendous cast, you know, like with his stuff that helped do it. But even outside of that, like the way he tells the story and the way it it's layered, that's both of both of the movies. So you're going to hear this again, folks. Like, yeah. man, <laughs> they f- are emotionally heavy. I'm like, oh my God, like you're deep. Well, in familiar, like you said, familiar, familial settings always seem to strike a little bit deeper with me than just like friends. And so here, especially the way that like the mom treats her son eventually and that type of thing is just like very emotional. Like you said, emotionally heavy. He nails the human element to his films. Like he, he nails it. He knows exactly how to tell you how you should feel. How it's portrayed. Yeah. Like how he shows it. To, I think it's the showing part. How you see and hear it almost makes you feel it with them. I, I don't want to like get all hyperbolic with it, but it's almost like when I'm sitting there, almost like, um, I don't know, like an active spectator. I'm like, it's beyond watching a movie. I don't know what that is, but like, it's not like when I watch movies and I'm like, this is happening to those people and I don't care. You know, like I'm in it. <laughs> like I'm invested in like, I feel so bad for you. You know, it's, yeah, it's at it that makes level. You experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, ma- like Lucas said, that's masterclass filmmaking. Like he gets it and he knows how to, he knows how to convey a message to everyone. It's not just like a certain audience at least from my experience talking with people who have seen this film in Midsummer, like he, except, except for Justin, sorry, Justin, I know you hate Midsummer. So <laughs> something is broken inside of you, but we're going to fix it. Uh, Watch it again. <laughs> just keep watching it. It'll, we're going to clockwork like- orange you. <laughs> um, for me, like I came to this movie late. I, I didn't see it until last year. And I, and I think I only saw it cause, uh, cause you guys were talking about it. Um, I know you wanted us like, so, so reasons why I love this film and why it's my number one, first of all, I mean, we talked about the acting, right? Like Tony Collette, incredible. She carries this whole movie and Gabriel Byrne is no slouch. He is awesome as the father and this relationship that, that they're going through, like you just watch. It hurts. People trying to live, right? They, yeah. they, they are hurting and they still love each other but it hurts deteriorates like you see the love go away and you understand it 
Yeah. Like you understand it. You're like, oh God, that sucks to be there. You feel like, yeah, as you say, you feel like it's happened to you. Yeah. You see both sides. Like as a person who plays devil's advocate all the time, you see both sides. You see what she's going through and what he's going through. And they're, they're just not experiencing the same thing. I love that this movie is three movies in one. Kind of. There's each act is its own movie it's like its, its own, own genre. genre yeah yeah mm-hmm. the first movie it it is um the first movie the first act is about loss and coping and and the, the, the horror of steps. the I mean, horror of, of just, losing just a child out. yeah and yeah. the second act is a ghost story which is my favorite part and the third act is a horror film <laughs> like there's no it's more around that. i would go it's like it's like cultish horror yeah. yeah, and then yeah. like the yeah the the second act is like uh, like a haunting, you know. It's it's more of that possession type. It's like a possession thing. And it's even like the second act is like not only just a ghost story. It's like a paranormal investigation story yep. because like you're discovering parts of her heritage and what has been going on. And and let's I mean we're not even talking about how she's a miniatures artist and how inherently creepy, creepy that, that is, is. in yeah. general. <laughs> Um, and her look, Tony Collette's look, tailor made for horror. That stressed like, out, like she looks like a stressed out cobbler from the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just got those eyes, and when like when she stresses her face, she's like a rigid jawline, and she has like that stern look that would scare a kid straight. Like if your mom snapped a look at you like that, you'd be like, oh, yeah. I've crossed yeah, the line. Very expressive. Yeah, I think, I think every moment in this movie leads it keeps you in this um i'm struggling for the word but uh you always are worried about something happening and you can see it playing out but you never truly know yeah how it's gonna play it's not out. predictable you just know oh like it's bad this is bad like why is he leaving her alone is <laughs> something bad is gonna happen like you always know that the predicaments why is she going to this lady's house Something bad, like you always know some like feeling of dread, I guess is what I want to say. You always have this feeling mm-hmm. of dread, but you never know how it's going to play out. Um, and that really like makes this movie so tension filled continuously. Like I, I think I say this is like a, a movie where I was legitimately on the edge of my seat yeah. the whole time watching. Oh yeah. Like not even just a figure of speech on my couch on the edge of my couch with my feet on the floor, <laughs> leaning forward with my hands on my knees, like edge of my seat. The first oh shit moment I've ever had in a live oh, yeah. audience <laughs> at a theater was this wow. movie. My wife once threw her popcorn at a jump scare for a trailer <laughs> to the movie that we were going to watch. <laughs> and I laughed at her for ever, like for years. I still tease her mm-hmm. about that. I have always watched these. She always used to, she jokes with people when she talks about my love of horror movies. And she used to always tell people like, I have this suspicion that there's like something wrong with him because we will go watch this movie where these horrible things are acting. And he's sitting here with a giant smile on his face. And she's like, half the time he laughs. (laughs) He's laughing. He thinks it's funny. (laughs) When the daughter hits her head in the car and her head comes off, I legitimately, as loud as I could, screamed, (laughs) oh shit. In theaters, it caught me so completely off guard. I was never expecting that to happen at all. Yeah. I wasn't anywhere in my 
I wasn't in any psyche or predicting or on the edge, but someone's head was about to come off. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't tell you. I mean, that's li- that's literal what happened. <laughs> and they don't glorify it, right? It's for, it's played a very, uh, I guess we can say Ari Astery. <laughs> like it's played yeah. very. It's shocking. Like, yeah, like they you live in that that brother's. How like, beautiful for a minute. is that? The, that the the like the twenty seconds after is just him sitting there. Yeah. Or when he just it's, goes to bed and you're like, uh, what is yeah. Happening? Oh yeah. It's like you've been hit in the gut with a baseball bat, you yeah. know, instead of like drawing it out, the, the, the actual, the part that happens, uh, when she hits her head, that happens very quickly. It's the stuff that happens afterward. And I think it's because that's kind of how it works in real life. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, boom, it's over. And then you're left with dealing with what just happened and right. like how many times have you had something where you're like, you know, you have to deal with it, but you, you put it off as long as you can. Cause it's just going to be so bad. And like, that's kind of how I felt about it was just like, oh, I couldn't imagine kid, that that was, like, what do you do? That that was a response. Like I, I, I think <laughs> I funneled through my head a thousand different ways. I would have pulled that <laughs> would off. I do this. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm wrecking that car for sure. Like this was a car wreck. I'm yeah. putting this car into a tree at 70 miles an hour with me in it. Like there's no way like I was and I I love that that happened to me or at least that was my experience and that was only my experience because the 20 seconds after that thing is just him sitting there and you hear like the clicking of the car and you see the red light mm-hmm. but you just have to live in it. Yep. There's there's no like I know what you did last summer moment where he's getting out and like, you know, frantic in the street. Like, it's just like, take in what just happened and like, just settle into it. And movies don't do that often. No, you don't have a choice. You have to, you have to experience it. Yeah. And then when he comes home, it's almost like more egregious that he comes home and just quietly gets in the bed. You're just, I'm sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like, you can't do that. Yeah, hey, mom, hey, dad. <laughs> it speaks volumes about the characters when things like that happen, and you're just like, they don't even, like his actions tell you everything you need to know about this kid and like what he's sort of capable of, what he's feeling without even having any dialogue, really. How so. incapable he is of coping. And yeah. then obviously, I mean, we talked about the grief, but Tony Collette, I mean, just you feel that, you feel that loss. I still hear that. That scream. scream, yeah, that's mm. horrific. Like that's You're getting true. Right now, exact. That's horror. That those are the moments I live for. I live for movies that give me feelings. Like I'm so excited when when things like this happen. Um, Alex Wolf, who plays Peter, the son. Yeah. Did you know? Because I watched the movie last night, and I was watching by myself, so I watched the special features. That he was in character the entire time on set, and that people didn't know his name was Alex. No, wow. I had no clue. He is uh, apparently a very devout method actor. And he introduced himself to the rest of the team as Alex the day they wrapped up filming. The only other person that knew it was Ari. And he called him Peter the entire time. They have all these like shots and everything where he's talking to him. He's like, so Peter, I need you to do this. And he's just like, um, I don't want to get like too crazy with it because I don't really understand. I don't know, like the ins and outs of acting. I've heard people doing it. So I don't want to like oversell mm-hmm. it. But like he had a couple of interviews that I was just like, he lived this character. Like he was all in it. And I think of those scenes where he's in school in that second act 
and he's being haunted and you see like the sweat on his brow and he looks truly terrorized. I imagine that that just comes through so much because like he was that devoted to the role. Yeah. It can be a very challenging way to, to act very toilsome. I didn't watch Patriots say, but I didn't know he played Jokar Sardov from the Boston, Mar- the Boston Marathon Bomber. Yeah. I didn't know that he played that uh, character. I love the second part of this movie. I love the fact that we have, um, I don't even know what you call her, like the lady that introduces the paranormal stuff. I love that she's oh, yeah, introduced yeah. in such a sweet way and then slowly <laughs> turns. <laughs> like, I... When it, because you see her, like you see this family dealing with this loss, and like the, I'm trying to put myself back in my shoes the first time I watched it. That's what I was trying to do last night. Like knowing what happens does kind of like take away, I think the 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 surprise or the you know like the inevitably when you're watching a movie, you're trying to figure out like where you're going. And mm-hmm. this movie is like the first time you watch this movie for the first time, it is impossible to do that. I think it's truly you're not ready for what's on the other side, um, what's to come. And I think her her part is one of those parts. I think um, the daughter losing her head is definitely one. I think her, the, this lady's introduction, I forget the character's name, but the, the, the Joan. Lady, Joan, her introduction to this is a turn you don't see. And then I think the ending is a turn that um, the original viewer doesn't see coming. And uh, I loved hers because it was so sincere. They're at this, you know, um, self-help group mm-hmm. and she's seeking help. Like she knows shit's fucked. You know, like she's sleeping outside, her and her husband's <laughs> on, she's doing what she can to find help and help comes. She's like, I lost my son and I've got this. And, you know, like, and she seems so nice and hopeful after this gruesome thing that you just see. It's almost like you buy into it. You're like, yes, let's get happy. Let's find some help and let's be better. And then that turns and you're like, oh God, <laughs> she starts pulling out candles and stuff. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> um, ugh. I love this movie. The scene where Peter slams his head on his desk. The best. The best scene. Terrifying. (laughs) Oh, he just wham, wham. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. Terrifying. Yes. Great film. What do you guys think of the ending? Uh, It's good. It's not like incredible. Like I think the, the, it pales in comparison to the rest of the movie. Uh, I think it's, I still think it's a good ending. Because it has, there's a lot of setup to it that mm-hmm. you may, you might not like catch. That's kind of how I felt about it. Was like, um, I'm like it, maybe I missed our directions to this point. Yeah, a little there's bit. some and foreshadowing there. That, it like, reminds me it. of yeah. Paranormal Activity, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple Paranormal Activities kind of go that way at the end. Yeah, essentially, like yeah. So like the. They are, you kind of find out a little bit about it when Joan is talking to, to Annie about her son and the ghosts, all that kind of stuff. And, and yep. she finds like no, like stuff about Paimon, um, in her mother's stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of where, where that all comes from. I, I do think it, it's probably the, the least strong act in the film. Well, you think so? Because I don't think that you get enough information. And the first two acts, you—it's just you know what's going on the whole time. I—I I mean, it's probably deliberate, right? Like, they don't want you to know what's coming. But I feel like in the first two acts, you—you you have all of the information, so you're there, like you're just kind of processing everything. And I think in the third act, 
when we start, like when we get to the end and like, I didn't really know what to expect with Peter. Like we kind of see like the body in the attic and we kind of know what's going on with that. Um, I just Did don't you know think pieces together about Peter becoming this like, like it's kind of like the end of the witch, right? Like yeah. at least the end of the witch, you're like, Oh yeah, I get yeah. it. And mm-hmm. the story is true. But in this ending, it's like, okay, well now all these people are here and they want you to become this demon. But why? Like who are all these people? We don't know who all these people. That part's open ended for sure. Yeah. Did you ever think the mom was going to kill the son? No, never. I did. Did you? <laughs> yeah. In act two, there are several tense moments where they either exchange like some really harsh language or like some stares. Oh, yeah. I know she's There's that part like where he wakes up and I was like, dude, she's going to kill her son. Like when I was the first like I time I was <laughs> the first time I was watching it, I was like, she's going to kill her son. And then like dad's going to kill her. Like I thought that's where I thought the movie was going. I was yeah. way off. Yeah, I could Samsonite. see that though. Now that you bring that up, I can I do remember kind of wondering if that's what was going to happen. See, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of when I first watched it in the theaters. I've actually only seen it in theaters. I haven't rewatched it yet. Wow. I want to. I really want to. That third um, act, though, I love the demon on the ceiling, and I love dude catching on fire. The demon on the ceiling was terrifying. I yeah, that was good. And for us, like to be honest with you, not like a like a real terrifying visual. But everything is leading into it and the way that they like positioned it, like kind of in the corner in the shadow and you see like it was terrifying. But if he was like just standing on the ground, I think it would have taken me completely out of it. But the like the the way yeah. it was all Spider-Man up and stuff, I was like, oh, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Agreed. Great, great movie. Um, so I want to talk about our other movies. But before I do, I mean, this is all of our number ones. This is the first time we've had. Is this the first time we've had a unanimous? I think it's our first unanimous number. So one there's no least. deliberation needed here. No. no. Hereditary going down for 2018. And if you thought we were we shills for Ari Aster now, just <laughs> you wait. <laughs> the Ari Aster years. I'm legit not like using the moment to, you know, exaggerate something. Maybe my favorite thing that happened this entire decade of horror, Ari Aster. Oh, <laughs> wow. Legit. Yeah, I. I think I agree with that. Like, I'm not joking when I say, like, legend. <laughs> like, I will forever watch anything that just has... And I don't really follow directors. There are very few directors that I was like, I'm going to watch everything that this person does, you know? Like, I do feel like with the like the iconic franchise and stuff like that, I feel that way about them. But it's very seldom that we get those movies. It was before my time, anyway. Like, I didn't... You know, James Carpenter released very few films, you know, outside of like the screams and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, that's exactly what I think of. Like if I was doing like a, he's only had two movies. This is absolutely ridiculous. But if you were like Rushmore of horror folks, I'm absolutely going to mention his name. Just two movies in. I'm like, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's, Pressure's on now. It's A24, right? So, yeah. you know, another big win. And, you know, I was all on board with A24. Until 2019. And then, oh, boy. Uh-oh. Can't wait. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, so some other mentions. The one that I had on my list that I really like that you guys have not mentioned yet was Summer of 84, which mm. I quite enjoyed. <laughs> um, it's a kid's tale. It's a Stranger Things tale. It's not even all that scary. It's like, you know, I think the neighbor has a dead body. Um, Disturbia. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it. It's fun. It's a fun little movie. 
I watched, I started watching it and, uh, cause I felt like I might like it and it was okay. Like you said, it's fun. Um, but I knew right away that, uh, it wasn't going to make the top three and, uh, I, I wasn't going to finish it and I haven't come back to it. Like I didn't have enough time to finish it. So I was kind of like, well, maybe I'll come back to it, but I wasn't feeling it as much. It's kind of that thing where they want to be eighties, but they don't really have enough money to make it super eighties. Like, yeah, there's like this expectation that you have, whereas Stranger Things definitely uh, was able to more portray that. I mean, they do a decent job. If you have that nostalgia and you're looking for something like E.T. or The Goonies or Stranger Things, like it's a fun watch. But like, I think it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to demean it. I think it's a good movie, but that's all I think it is. It's just a good movie. And it's it's a it's a story you've seen before. If you're, um, you know, a big fan of the genre, you've seen this before. The other one that I want to put in is uh, Revenge. I think Revenge is excellent. Um, I love Revenge. And um, I think we've seen a lot of movies like it. And I think it does its part of it as good as most of them. Um, it's very, very good in terms of that survival horror revenge tale. Um, but it's very, you know, the story's not crazy. You know, it's, it's not like very memorable. It's very paint by numbers, but it does that paint by numbers well. I liked it. Nice. Cool. That's it. Two. Have you guys seen Apostle? No, no, it was I on my list. I haven't seen it yet either. I think it's on <laughs> Netflix, and I've just never it watched is. it. It is. I have it uh, written here. Yep. Um, I had a couple. Um, assuming that uh, now these I didn't do my homework on, so shame me if uh, they didn't come out in 2018. But they are listed that way. Annihilation. Um, which, yeah. you know, it's sci-fi more than horror, but there are horror elements of it. I enjoyed it. I know it gets wonky at the end, but, uh, man, the bear, the bear, yes. I was, uh, you had me <laughs> at the bear. <laughs> um, I was waiting for it to get more dead spacey and never really came. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, the endless, uh, was a movie that was quite interesting, Another kind of one of those where you don't really know what's going on. Um, you you get kind of the the general overall um, idea of this entity, this otherworldly entity that this cult that these two people have escaped from. Brothers, I think. I've seen this movie. You have? <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you said it, I was like, it's not on my list. Because I, I said, I didn't, this, I literally came really unprepared because I was just like, these are my three and I'm going to focus on the other year. Um, <laughs> so, but no, I've seen this movie. Yeah. It uh, was recommended to me and I thought it was okay, but it was a little bit. Um, it's like aliens, right? Sort of, but you never really see the the thing. It's almost like if there was a deity, like something they this cult worshipped that lived over the water, and but you never really see it towards the end, and even then you don't really see it. And this whole thing is like imploding on itself and uh, basically going to go away, and they have to escape at the end. Sorry for ruining it, but um, I just remember like UFOs for whatever reason. No, not really. There was time bubbles. Maybe I'm like, thinking of a different kept, movie. People kept getting like you couldn't escape very well because so. there were just bubbles of places that you could visit and get lost in between. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very odd, very odd, very weird, very sci-fi again. Um, and then lastly, uh, Suspiria, I believe the Oof. remake came out in this year. And that was a big... Yeah, hey, another women are was, naked in that movie. That's a nice thing to say about it. Great. <laughs> it yeah, is... Porn. 
Josh, I mean, you're all about it. It's a lot of naked women. I had to message Lucas while (laughs) both of you while watching Suspiria asking if it gets better. If it gets good, (laughs) it doesn't. It takes a long time to get going. And the parts that are um, horrific are few and far between. Like when when they're bad, they are bad. But it's not. It's too, it overstays its welcome, takes too long to get going. And so I was kind of bummed about that one because I, I, I had that one hyped up to me yeah. um, by film friends. So it definitely have is it. filmy. Yeah. Yeah. I get, <laughs> it does make me curious to see the original just to yeah. see. Oh, I've seen the original. Then again, do you prefer either one over the other? Or do you <laughs> I would prefer the original one for sure. I um, Okay. So I didn't watch this for the longest time. I was so excited for it when it was announced and everything. It was like all about us, all the trailers. And then you actually watched it before me and you were like, it wasn't that great. (laughs) And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to watch it. And I just kept putting it off, putting off. And I watched Mm -hmm. it with my life and she was honestly not having it. Yeah. It was kind of her same thing. You're like, is this going to get good? Um, I think the original, I don't know. I mean, in a lot of ways it's very, I mean, they're similar. It's a remake, right? They're very similar in premise, but I felt like the original was I don't want to say like more effecty, but I don't know. Like the original just felt more out there, I guess, than, mm. than this one did in that way. Yeah. Um, and the, I guess it's older, so I didn't I didn't expect as much when I watched this. When I watched Suspiria for the first time, it was because I was probably reading some horror blog that was like, Suspiria is one of the best movies ever. So I just watched it and it was an old movie that I watched. When it was right. remade, like the crazies are like – the evil dead when it was remade i'm like okay so now they've got to do it better you know yeah. so you come into it expecting it to be better and i feel like we've seen this several times in our discussions where we're gonna redo texas chainsaw like well it's got to be better than the original the original's perfect and then you watch mm-hmm. it and you're like this is sucks it's not as good as the original i think that's how i am with suspiria i started watching and i was like really we spent all this money and made all this noise about this you know i was expecting <laughs> better but you know bigger better more <clears throat> Agreed. Cool. Uh, I had Annihilation on my list. I didn't include it because I thought it was more sci-fi. Um, yeah, it is. Which, which kind of happens with some. With some I don't like that one as much. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bird Box <laughs> I, is on I my short list. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Bird Box. So did I. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I kind of think to watch this with me, which was a cool little. It's kind of like Children of time. Men, kind of right. Yes, it yeah, is like Children yeah. of yeah. Men. Yes, I liked it. Um, I really enjoyed Halloween, uh, so it's on my short list. Uh, mm. I, I really enjoyed the return. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I mean. Donnie and I watched. I watched the first Halloween for the first time with that's, Donnie. This is year. asinine. This is sacrilegious. I, Don't say it. Like, Don't you dare tell. <laughs> don't you dare say it. That is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. Oh my Halloween. lord! What are you doing, Josh? <laughs> no, um, I prefer Zombies Halloween to the yes. Halloween. Uh, I did like Zombies Halloween better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, Overlord, a surprise, uh, mm. hit for me. I didn't know what to expect. It's essentially saving private Ryan zombies or call of duty zombies. There's a good story in this movie and it's very well acted. Um, but you don't really get the horror part until three quarters through the film, which I think it does it like a disservice as far as being labeled a horror film. Cause it doesn't really get there. And once you yeah. get there, it's very short lived uh it's more like a drama than a horror movie but i really enjoyed it um uh you didn't no No, uh, uh, insidious the last key came out 
Sucks. Yeah. Sucks. Oh, don't boy. watch it. Yeah, that one was a big stinker. I yeah, don't watch that one. That one's not that. good. So my last one, which was tied, one of my ties for number three, uh, directed by Dennis uh, Leary. Liadis, That's what I was exactly thinking. The, the last same house thing. on the left. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. This is a movie called Delirium. I haven't Have seen it. Have you guys seen Delirium? I don't think so. No. It stars Topher Grace. Wow. Oh, man. Um, and it is a story, and Patricia Clarkson, who is phenomenal in this. Uh, it is a story about a boy who is re- a boy, a man who is released from a an man. insane. He's released from an insane asylum twenty years after um, some incident that you don't really know what happened, but you also find out it's a Bloomhouse production. It's Bloomhouse. Um, his father left him this huge mansion. His father also took his own life like two days before he got out of the insane asylum. So it's Oculus. Uh, well, you, you feel like, you feel like it might be similar to Oculus. Like when it starts, yeah. it does feel similar. It definitely takes a, a different turn. You find okay. out that Topher Grace has a brother. Um, you also find out. Uh, Is it also Topher Grace? No, it's not. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, they lead you to believe at certain points that, um, his brother is in prison and is maybe a figment. Like maybe he's having psychotic breaks. Like his brother's mm. not really there. Okay. Um, and I won't tell you. I I I think this this is on Netflix. This is something I would say I would recommend checking out. Okay. As a shortlist movie. Um, Let me put it on my list. Very well acted, Patricia Clarkson. I think she's a great actress in everything she's in. Um, but she does a really great job in this. And there's some twists and turns. Um, and then, a, and, and then I would say arguably, arguably a pretty big twist, um, in there as well. That really keeps it interesting. There's some comedic moments too. It's not strictly horror. Um, but he is in this mansion all by himself. Um, just getting out of an insane asylum. So there's definitely interesting, um, things, uh, that you, you explore with him. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was weird seeing him in a, in this role, you know, uh, you know, Eric Foreman is yeah. getting out of an insane asylum. But uh, yeah, uh, very surprised by how much I liked it. Great. I think that's going to do it for us here in the show. So um, thanks, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys stick with us as we set our sights on 2019. If you leave now, why why did you stay this long? You just got to stick. To <laughs> yeah, the you end got now. to now. Now you're well. <laughs> it's because you you started doing the good news. Now they're like, oh, turns to the end is what we say. That's it. That's it. Until then, this is the end, friends. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Hi, ho. 